Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of This Poor Pastor's Podcast. Man, time is getting away from me. I hate it when that happens. Here I told you I was going to release an episode on last Friday, and then I didn't do it on Monday. And man, I'm just really falling down on the job. But I'm going to follow up today and go ahead and do part two of friendship. Hopefully, it will be an encouragement to you. How to build friendships. How many friendships can one person even have? And what do you do when friendships just cool off. All that and more on today's episode. I hope you're going to stick with me right to the end. Thanks so much for listening. Let's dive into it. Ah, friendships. I have some of the fondest memories of friends that I had when I was when I was a boy. And I'll tell you what, there is something heartwarming about childhood friendships. Now, you may be different. I I love it when I talk to people who say they've been friends ever since they were children. Unfortunately for me, the people that were my best friends when I was just a kid, I don't even have a relationship with them anymore. Some of you may be in that same situation, right, where you have friends and then Life happens, and you just grow apart. You grow distant. I think it's really difficult to maintain any kind of meaningful relationship. It takes a lot of consistent effort to maintain a deep, close friendship over distance. Now, I do have a couple of friends, at least two, that I would consider really, really good friends of mine or people that I'm working on developing a good relationship with that live in different states, but it's really hard to do. It takes consistent effort, and it is super easy just to let the weeks go by with no phone call, no text message, no investment. Um, But, you know, maybe you're fortunate enough to still have your best friend from childhood, or maybe you're like most of the rest of us and you've had to develop friendships, and relationships throughout the years. I think when you listen to the Bible and you see about like David and Jonathan, for example, and how their souls were knit together and they just had a friendship that seemed to, you know, transcend every obstacle, every struggle. They were there for one another. I think we like that a lot. It was David's son, Solomon, who gave such good advice to his son in the book of Proverbs. I think it was Solomon who wrote, Solomon didn't write all of the Proverbs, but I think he wrote the ones, I think it's uh, either either Proverbs 17 or Proverbs 7, I think, where it talks so much about friendship. There's a lot about friendship in Proverbs. I'm talking about, you know, if you want to have friends, you got to show yourself friendly Um, It talks about thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not. Um, He talks about the wounds of a friend being faithful and and a man sharpening the countenance of his friend and all of these things. Friendship is a valuable, valuable thing. I think that life is missing an important component when we are not engaged in developing and maintaining friendship. So, In last episode, I talked a little bit about my struggle with friendships, especially in ministry, because this is a ministry podcast. However, I think anybody who's in a position of leadership will struggle with friendships if the only people that you are around 
are the people under your care or under your supervision, it is going to be really, really difficult for you to develop friendships. So difficult, in fact, that much, as I talked about last time, much of the advice that I received sitting in conferences and um, college classrooms and so forth was not even to try. Like, don't be friends with people in your church. Be friendly, but no friends, because, you know, you're going to be accused of favoritism or some such some such thing. And as a result, I think a lot of executives, I think a lot of pastors, I think a lot of church leaders are lonely. Loneliness is not a necessary part of ministry. I, I, don't, I don't like it. You know, they say the ministry is lonely. If it is, and it is often, then that is an aberration. That is not the way God intended ministry to be. Because we were created for community. I was just reading this morning because we talked about it on Wednesday night. I was just reading 1 Peter chapter 5 and there's something interesting in 1 Peter chapter 5 that I hadn't zeroed in on before. Everybody knows 1 Peter 5:8. I'm going to quote the King James, "Be sober, be vigilant for your adversary the devil um, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour." And that is another one of those verses where we see me, 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 me in Scripture. Um, you know, the Jesus. Everything is about me as an individual. And Peter wasn't writing to an individual. He was writing to a group of individuals, but they were nonetheless a group. And so in 1 Peter chapter 5, he starts off by talking to the elders. And he says, you know, feed the flock of God. Uh, God's given you oversight of them. It's important. And again, it's a good reminder that God intends for his people to be engaged in a community over which there are leader, spiritual leaders whose job is to protect and to feed and to watch over them. And any Christian experience that minimizes the importance of, of group and spiritual leaders is, again, I believe, a, a departure from the pattern of Scripture, right from the very, very beginning. We've talked about this before, but God created people to be in community. It doesn't have to be a large community, but it needs to be community. So Peter said to the elders, he said, you take care of the flock of God. Then he kind of um, broadens a little bit and, said, and, and kind of encompassing everybody in their flock to have a mutual care one for another. Then he comes to 1 Peter 5, 8, and he says, be sober, be vigilant, for because your adversary, the devil... Now, again, our English and our narcissus causes us to see your as if he's talking to me because you're sitting alone in your room somewhere reading the Bible for your personal private devotions. And you see Peter tell, and you say, Peter is telling me here that the devil is out to get me. That's not what Peter is telling you. Now, the devil may or may not be out to get you, but that's not what Peter is telling you there. What Peter is tell is is t well one Peter is talking to a group not an individual and groups are made up of individuals but it wasn't an individual he was talking to the word your is a plural pronoun not a singular one if Peter wanted to talk to individuals or if he was talking to an individual he might have said um, he might have said let's say for example for thine adversary the devil instead of your it's a, it's a plural pronoun. The devil is 
my enemy, but he is the enemy of the body of Christ. He is the enemy of the flock of God. It's a flock analogy that Peter is riffing on anyway in 1 Peter 5. And so he said he's given the the, uh, picture of shepherds over the flock, and they should have a mutual care for one another and be on guard because outside of the flock, right on the periphery, is a roaring lion walking about. He's looking for someone isolated from the group. He's looking for someone out on their own to devour. The point is that the safety for the believer is found within the fellowship of the body of believers. So ministry is not supposed to be isolation and loneliness. It's just not. And friendship is a necessary component. It's one of the necessary relationships that God has created. And there's a lot in the Bible about the importance of friendship. There's a lot in the Bible about the danger of the wrong kind of friends. But nonetheless, friendship is necessary. So if you find yourself in a, in a position of isolation, that is not God's primary purpose. And there are times when you feel all alone, but make sure that it's not an, a self-imposed isolation. If the only people that you are around are the people in the church that, where you go or that you serve in, there is absolutely nothing wrong with developing solid friendships within that group. My wife and I have friends within our congregation, and no, we don't go to everybody's house equally. There are some people that we go to their house more often than others. And I'll get into this in a minute, but I don't think that's wrong. Even the Lord Jesus had his favorites, if you will, and I think favorites were the people who followed him who were determined to get closer to him. If there is someone in your congregation with the right motives, who is determined to develop a relationship with you, why would you hold them at arm's length if their fellowship and ensuing friendship could minister to you and encourage you? Again, we know that isolation and loneliness is a killer. So uh, don't be afraid of developing friendships within your congregation. Don't don't say things don't say things to people like I don't you know I I'm not going to be friends with anybody here I'm going to treat everybody equally and the same because first of all you're not and secondly you may be arbitrarily and unnecessarily limiting yourself to isolation and loneliness when God has placed people in that congregation who could be your friend one of the best things that can happen in a in a relationship is is no matter how it starts, a friendship grows out of it. So you may start by simply having a couple over your home for a meal, and you have them in, and you enjoy the time, and then they go, and you're like, that was nice, but maybe we didn't really hit it off, we didn't really connect. You may have another couple in your home, maybe uh, in the same age range as you, or maybe an older couple in your home, and you find out, man, we really connected, we really clicked. Well, look, pursue that. Pursue that. There is no biblical. Uh, there is no biblical reason. There are no biblical commandments telling pastors to remain separate from the flock and not to develop uh, close relationships. For one thing, I, I I feel like I need to say this: we should not take analogies and illustrations of relationships too far. Yes. We are the you serve over the flock of God, but is the pastor himself part of the flock? 
Of course he is, and we are under one shepherd. Does Jesus Christ hold us at arm's length and not allow us to get close to him for fear of showing favoritism? He didn't do that when he walked this earth, and I don't believe he does that now. He invites us to draw near to God. He invites us to be close to him, and we ought to invite people to do the same. Not everyone will, but when someone does, why would we hold them at arm's length? So, all of that being said, and I'm about halfway through my time already, but all of that being said, it is important if you want to develop friendships, but you're in a small church and you've been laboring under the idea that you can't have close friends, uh, let go of that idea. You absolutely can, and I think that you should. If you are in a church and you're not the pastor and you're not even a, a ministry leader, Don't be afraid to reach out and try to be a friend to your pastor. It is not healthy for them to be isolated so much from people. They don't need to be held up on a pedestal. They may want it, but that's not necessarily a good thing. The best thing to do is to be transparent with people. Invite your pastor out for a cup of coffee. Invite him out. Uh, Maybe you're a guy and you say, I'd like to get to know the pastor. I'd like to become friends with the pastor. I can't think of anything better than that. Uh, And so just try. Maybe the two of you won't click uh, and you'll be able to have a good relationship as a pastor and a church member, but maybe you won't become friends. But how will you know unless you try? I know from personal experience that some of the best friends I have, I developed in the places where I was serving. When I left North Carolina, I still have some tremendous friendships that we, that we developed during the time that I was there. In the church where I am now serving, I, we are working to develop friendships and relationships. It's important, not just for myself, but for my wife, for my spouse. So don't be afraid if you are in a position of leadership to develop friends. Now, in a purely secular uh, situation, you may have to be more careful. One, there may be rules on your job that prohibit the developing of close friendships with people underneath your care. If there are, be sure to follow those. But I'm specifically talking about Christian friendship and ministry friendship. So there you go. Now, how many friends can one person possibly have? How many real, true, you know, uh, bosom buddies? My my wife hates it when I use that word, bosom. Um, But the the, the real, real, true blue friends, how many can you possibly have? I'm not sure. I recently heard a podcast interview on the Carrie Newhoff podcast in which someone was saying that, you know, you maybe couldn't have more than three really close friends and 12 in your group and then a larger number that um, that you have relationships with. But it's really, and they based that off of Jesus um, and his, you know, uh, Peter, James, and John, the inner circle. I, I don't know if I buy into that. I don't know how, how rigid we should get in looking at what happened at, at a descriptive um, piece of information. I don't know how, how, how much we should try to turn it into a prescriptive piece of information. But I will say that it seems that life does teach us that you can only maintain just so many close relationships. I think this is because we only have just so much time and we only have just so much attention. And time, attention, and then maybe energy, the, those three things. We have a limited amount of time 
attention or resources and energy. I'm trying to narrow this down on the fly, just spitballing here. Time, resources, and energy, but time is a resource. So time, attention, and energy. And the more we divide that amongst people, the, the, the more difficult it is to develop real strong relationships because a good, strong friendship takes time to, to develop and to cultivate. So it could be, I'm not saying they're wrong. Certainly I could be wrong. Maybe you can only have three good, solid friends in your life, but that'd be a good start, right? I mean, it'd be a great start. I think that if I were to have to list right now, men that I would consider men or ladies that I would consider solid friends of mine, it might be a small list of guys that I would call if I, if I really needed to talk. One of my good friends is uh, um, Nathan Walworth. He, is, he, he and I have some things in common. And I first reached out to him. We didn't really know each other very well. We have some people in common and some background in common. But we have developed a, what I think, I hope Nathan wouldn't mind my saying so, but we have developed a good friendship. And, I want to con- and I'm hoping to continue to develop it even more uh, going forward. But Nathan is someone that we talk on a regular basis. And, and he and I have, uh, have developed this this relationship. Another man that I am close friends with is a former pastor, Ronnie Wise, who's now um, a regional director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And Ronnie and I talk on a on a regular basis. And Ronnie will call me and sometimes he'll just call and ask about me. He's not trying to tell me anything about himself. He just wants to call and ask me. When I'm going through something with my kids, Ronnie's a little bit older than I am. Sometimes I'll call him and we'll talk it through and we'll pray for one another. I, I, hes- I hesitate. I start listing names and someone that's listening will be offended. But another good friend of mine, Kevin Spencer. I've known Kevin since I was a teenager. Kevin is ahead of me in, in life. Um, age-wise, but he and I are, are are buddies. He and I are brothers in in life, and so. But I, I might have a half a dozen men um, that I would say I could call them at any specific time, or they might call me. And we some of us are closer geographically than others, but uh, these are these are good friends. I have a friend in my community, um, the uh, the local fire chief. He and I are friends. We work together and. Uh, we, 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 we enjoy spending time with one another. And I, so, but I guess it's, it is true that you can't have very many solid friendships, you, you know, you know, like in large number. So start with that, start with that, make a list right now of the people in your life that are real solid friends, not the people you have good relationships with, but someone that if you were in trouble, you could go to them in the middle of the night, knock on their door and say, friend, lend me three loaves, right? These are people that you know are there for you and people for whom you are there, right? That's a friendship. Now, this is not someone that um, always calls you looking for help. And it's not someone that you always call looking for help. It has to be a mutual thing. You know that you are invested in each other's life. Your souls are knit together. So make a list. If you can't think of more than one or two, 
Be thankful for the one or two you have and make sure that you're working to cultivate that relationship if it's one that you desire to maintain. Cultivate it. Make phone calls. Communicate. We have more ways than ever to communicate and find the way that that works best, find the times that work best, and invest time, attention, and energy into that, that relationship. Then develop your, uh, outside of that group, develop your larger group of people with whom you would consider yourself friendly, your tribe, if you will. I know that in church we're told, don't have cliques, everybody should be treated the same, and it is true, and James talks about that, that we're not supposed to have respect of persons, not to treat one person as more important than another. All of that is true, but I just think that it, you are you are setting yourself up for frustration and failure if you think that you can actually and honestly have genuine relationships with people, and there not be some people that you just like better than others. Liking some people better than others does not mean you have to treat one person better than another, but a group of people that you might get together and uh, go out and go bowling with or go mini golf with or a group of guys that you love to go hunting with. You know, these are people that you can kind of let your hair down around. Um, You're not, you know, you're not super close friends, but it's your tribe, it's your group. I think that's good. I think everybody needs a tribe. Within your tribe, you can have your those close few close friends, but I think you can have a tribe that is not made up uh, to include your close friends. I think that would be the case with me. The people that I like to be around, none of my close friends are in that tribe, but I have a tribe. People that I enjoy being with. Honestly, I enjoy being with my church anytime I get to be with them. These are, but but not everybody who comes to my church um, is in that. But maybe my tribe would be that group that comes on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. That smaller group, and we're dedicated. We're doing life together, right? Um, so find that tribe. You don't have to be alone. And by the way, pastor, don't always feel like you need to be pastoral when you're in that group. If you let go of your title, if you let go of your of your pride in some cases, and if you let go of the bad teaching that taught you that you were supposed to remain aloof from these people and just go in and learn to just have fun and be in, and enjoy yourself. Don't do anything that would damage your reputation, but but be enjoyable. Don't be so stuffy. Don't feel like you have to always be ready with a prayer, um, a praise, or, or, or a scripture verse, right? I mean, just be real with these people. Let down your hair and, and Rapunzel, and make sure that you are finding ways uh, to engage in this tribe. Pastors are are withering on the vine because of loneliness, and in many cases, it's because of bad teaching that has taught them that they should be friendly with everybody, but best friends to none. Forget that nonsense. You develop some good friends, and there is no rule that says you can't develop a real, genuine, close friendship within your group that you are in charge of. Jesus had a close group of disciples, and probably John, who wrote the Gospel of John, is the one who was leaning on the Lord's breast. Right? He was leaning right up against his chest, and he called himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. They had a close relationship. Okay, He was close enough to Jesus to smell his body. I know that sounds weird, but think about that. Okay, And so there is absolutely no 
example from Christ himself that would tell you that you need to remain aloof from the people that you are serving. Forget that nonsense. Develop friendships. And if the only people in your life are the ones in your church community, then develop friendships there. There are people there with whom you could be friends. Go show yourself friendly and develop that friendships. Then develop your tribe, right? Develop your tribe outside of that. And invest your life into, into those people. You know, it's it's so sad so often when people are lonely. We have more ways to be connected than ever before, and people are still dying of loneliness. In the Garden of Eden, God created man. Before the fall, he looked at the man that he had created and said, I don't think it's good for this guy to be alone. So God made a group, a group of two, but still a group. And he sets the solitary in families. There is a friend which sticketh closer than a brother. God created us for relationship. Yes, develop a friendship with your spouse, but I think sometimes we might need relationships outside of that. <laughs> Be careful of, you know, opposite sex relationships. But nonetheless, don't be afraid to express to somebody the need for friendship. Don't be afraid to walk up to somebody, or even if you are afraid, man up. And let somebody know, I really need a good friend. And we've talked a few times. I've been watching you. I'd like the opportunity to go have coffee with you and see if maybe friendship is, is something that we could, that we could have. Well, that sounds weird. Then don't say that. Just go get coffee. Just go invest time. But determine that you are not going to be alone. Just make that determination. Develop friendships. I promise you there are people out there who need what you have to offer and have something that is good for you. So find those few good, solid folks in your life. Again, maybe we can't have more than a few, but if you don't have more than one, you could definitely get another couple of them. Work at developing friendships. Lastly, and, and at closing, I'll say this. I tell this to my children. I tell this to people if I counsel them. You cannot always be in control of finding the person that you want in your life. But what you can do is become the kind of person that the person you're looking for would be looking for. So I tell my son, while he's waiting for God to bring the right kind of young lady into his life, his focus can be on becoming the kind of man that the kind of lady he wants would be looking for. So I think this is wrapped up in that idea of a man that has friends must show himself friendly. Start working on yourself and your character to become the kind of person that the kind of person you'd like to be friends with would be looking for. Develop your character, develop your strengths, develop your personality so that you can 
have those kinds of friendships. Be brutally honest with yourself. Do some real self-assessment. If all of your friendships end in a, in a, in a plane crash, ask yourself why. Could it be that you are uh, sabotaging these relationships by your own behavior? I know we're not allowed to tell people that their behavior is horrible because, you know, everybody's special just the way they are. I mean, ask yourself, if everything is constantly ending in, in disaster, could I be the cause of that? And if I am, what do I need to do to change, to become the kind of person that people would want to be around. You don't have to be alone. Friendship is possible, and friendship is wonderful. Okay. Hey, why don't you reach out to me and let me know? Let me know what you think about friends. Do you, if you need a friend, I can't promise you that I can be a close friend with everybody who listens to this podcast, but I can promise you that I'll do my best to be there for you if you need some help, if you have some questions, if you just need someone to talk to. Find me on Facebook, Mark Foster on Facebook, at The Main Pastor on Instagram, Main with an E, M-A-I-N-E, at The Main Pastor text me 910-265-7297. Would you do me a favor if you text me? If I don't have your number already, please identify yourself so I know who in the world you are. This poor pastor at gmail.com, so many ways. I'll be back next time. Thanks, everybody.